0: Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. You're listening to the podcast guaranteed to take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He's the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of Best Your Ever Coaching. Here is
1: Hal Elrod. Hello, hello, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, everybody, this is Hal Elrod. Your host, your friend, and uh, I am excited to introduce you to someone today who I am uh, not meeting for the first time, but really it'll be our our first you know thirty minute conversation, and you'll get to <laughs> you'll get to listen in, which is always kind of fun. And uh, uh, our guest today, Christine Hassler, I'll give her a proper intro in, in just a second, but she, a um, uh, good friend of mine, John Broman, who you've probably heard on the podcast, and if you. Don't know who John is. He's the founder of the Front Row Foundation. He is the uh, host of the Front Row Dads Retreat coming up uh, in October. He is um, the host of the Front Row Factor podcast, and he reached out to me. He doesn't do this very often, so this is why, like, this is kind of cool. He goes, "Hal, do you know who Christine Hassler is? You need to have her on your podcast. I had her as a guest. She was amazing. You know, and again, he, he you know, he interviews people every week, and it's like probably once every four months that he says that to me. So, Christine, feather Aww. in your cap." But yeah, that is uh, that's pretty pretty cool. So, but but like you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. <laughs> He,
2: I, he had a, i had a huge smile on my face then you said that and yeah like,
1: oh. no you like you real i'm I'm expecting a lot like best guest ever oh kind of. no
2: no expectation hangovers <laughs> oh yeah that's oh
1: duh that's funny I didn't even but that right there. up. yeah I, I teed that up without knowing that's great um so yeah uh christine is the author of a book called expectation hangover overcoming disappointment in work love and life and that's what we're gonna uh talk about today but Want to give a proper intro, and and she, you know, Christine left her successful job as a Hollywood agent at age twenty-five to pursue a life she could be passionate about. And although she had what you know many would consider a dream job, it, it wasn't it wasn't where her heart and her passion uh, was. And uh, what she created and what she now has for you know what she lives and what the impact that she's making it didn't come easily. And after being inspired by her own unexpected challenges and experiences, she realized her journey was indeed her destination. And in 2005, she wrote the first guidebook uh, written exclusively for young women entitled 20-something, 20-everything. And then her second book, uh, The 20-something Manifesto, was written for men and women and stems from her experience coaching 20-somethings. And her newest book, right? Yes, multiple time best selling author, uh, Expectation Hangover: Overcoming Disappointment in Work, Love, and Life is the guidebook for how to treat disappointment on the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual levels. And I'm so excited to 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 talk about this with her today because this is you know the, this whole idea of dealing with disappointment is something that I, I've never I've never really this isn't a topic I've ever delved into. And it, it, you know, this is the achieve your goals podcast. And when you're achieving goals, you deal with disappointment, right? A lot of it uh, over and over and over again, you know, and, and it's how you deal with it and how you bounce back that that really does kind of determine your destination and where you end up. So um, bringing on the, the ex- expert on the, with the guidebook on how to do this uh, is going to be a, a cool thing today. So I'm excited to learn myself, Christine, from you, and uh, introduce your, your wisdom to our Achieve Your Goals listeners. So thanks for being on.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And it, it's so funny when I'm intro as the expert on disappointment because as I was writing that book, I thought many times, wow, I really learn what I'm writing about. So I think my next book is going to be called Eat Lots of Chocolate, Travel the World, Have <laughs> Amazing Sex, and Make a Ton of Money and Impact Millions.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I I that is a good strategy. That is a yeah, that is really a strategy. <laughs> it's true, right? When I was writing Miracle Morning, it's like I was writing it as I was learning how to become a morning person yeah. and, you know, and do all the things in the book. So
2: we teach what we need to learn.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So so here's here's where I like to start and um and you know, it's funny I told you, uh, you know, the, did you get the PDF with the show flow and toss it out? Cause you know, I'm, I'm changing everything. Like every week I literally, like I, I re, I revise that and I send it out and then I'm like, no, 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 okay, I have changed it since a week ago. But, um, so, so here's where I'd love to start. And that is by asking you, uh, what was the, the first defining goal that you achieved in your life that gave you the confidence that you could achieve goals?
2: I was thinking about this because I did know you were going to ask me this one, and I would have to say the biggest defining moment that I remember that I worked so hard for and I didn't think I could do was when I got promoted to be an agent. Um, I was like 25 years old; I was very young, and it's usually something that takes many, many, many years, and um, you, you don't—it doesn't usually happen at 25, and especially as oh, I was the only female in the department as well. So, when you say agent, what do you mean by that? So, TV literary agents. So, agents are anybody watch Entourage? That's like you know the the Jeremy Piven character in yes. that. Favorite and favorite show. Yes, and he's uh, based on a real life person who sure. I do know, yeah. and it's very accurate. Um, <laughs> awesome, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So my job though i wasn't i wasn't on the on the film side I, I wasn't quite as glamorous as that but i represented tv writers producers directors so i was in charge of finding talent getting talent booked on shows finding out what all the networks needed it was a lot of lunches a lot of reading scripts it was super long hour days and it was basically selling in a lot of ways okay. so when i achieved that goal it, it wasn't it was bittersweet because I was so proud, and I felt such a sense of accomplishment, and my ego was psyched. Sure. But a week later, all the fulfillment I thought I'd have and the relief that I thought I'd have and the feelings I thought I'd have when I got, quote, unquote, there weren't there. And I had achieved this external goal, but internally, something was still missing. So it was very, very bittersweet. And what I had to be mindful of is that that goal and and checking that off the list, it was a momentary thing, and my mind immediately wanted to know what the next thing was. There was very little celebration. And I learned a lot from that experience. One, it just affirmed that outside things definitely don't make us happy especially if they're not truly in alignment with what our deepest soul desire is. And two, we have to celebrate because when we achieve these goals, it's it's a big event and if we're constantly going, okay, what's the next best thing? then we're missing out on really honoring honoring that moment.
1: Sure. Sure. Um yeah, know I love that, and I think that it's so true. It's like uh, I, I recently did a coaching uh, module for a group coaching program on uh, happiness, and every you know reading, I was reading all these books and book summaries and articles, and and, and they all just kind of pointed to the same thing that it's it's not the um the, like we we think the things that we think will make us happy, right, or the things that we're pursuing. And, uh, and, and it's really more our daily habits and our rituals and, yes. and, you know, that bring us fulfillment and, and not, uh, you know, like you said, you, you, it's funny, it's the achieve your goals podcast, but it's like achieving your goals. Isn't really the goal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's,
2: it's so much the process and the how, cause it's for me, it's never really been about the goal. It's been about how I think that goal will make me feel. Yeah. And realizing that I have the power and the choice to feel that way in the moment and in the process and not to wait for that reward once I achieve the goal. And I have a, like, I'm in development of my first online course after being in this space for 12 years I'm finally doing one and, and so I, am
1: I. I, I and and also after way too long yeah okay go ahead
2: well, and it, for me it wasn't way too long because up until now the motivation would have been more about income mm. and and numbers yeah and my i I just my soul won't let me that that can't be my driver it just it just won't let me and i had to wait until i felt truly inspired yeah. And I, I also didn't know this, and this is the kind of thing about divine timing, is I had to have another deeper shift inside of me. like something else needed to shift inside of me before I was ready. Now, could I have done it five years ago? Yes. Could I have made it happen? Yes. Could I have produced great content? Yes. But would it have would it have felt? the way it feels now, no, it would have felt like a push. It would have felt like a lot of stress. It would have felt more like a have to. This feels more like a get to and a choose to. And even though it's a lot, I'm really inspired and it's not even done. And the fact that I'm having fun along the way and all the feelings I think I'm going to feel when I get the result are happening now to me is feedback that I'm on the right course in pursuit of this goal.
1: On the right course in creating the online course? (laughs)
2: <laughs> ah yes
0: great
1: play on words. <laughs> nice work well you and I just unconsciously are just we, we we're setting each other up and playing on words it's good um so really really cool I'm excited for you so that, that is exciting um the uh, and, and and to your point the, well it almost doesn't make you wonder like you go if I would have done this five years ago I would it wouldn't have I wouldn't have known what I know now I wouldn't Correct. have been who I am now and sometimes it makes me go like well, should I wait five more years, (laughs) right, like, you know, and I've I've thought that before, just with various things, like, the longer I wait to do this thing, like, I'm writing, there's some, one of my, I don't know, it'll probably be next year, but it's, I'm writing a book called Beyond the Best Seller, How to Write a Book That Creates a Movement, Earns You a Fortune, and Changes the World, and I've thought, the longer I wait to write that, the more I'm learning about that whole process, you know what I mean, so I think that there's, that's that interesting Like, like we, you know, if we wait forever, we'll never do it, you know? So it's like, we have to take action. I'd love to hear your, what are your thoughts on that? Like what, you know, the idea of like, how do you decide between, okay, um, I should do it now and take action, which is normally my, you know, MO, probably yours too, right? Like, let's just get it done, take action. And then how do you decide like, well, I should actually take a more mature approach where I wait a while for, you know, purposeful reasons. Any, any thoughts on like the, that dichotomy?
2: Yes. So for me, it's a little bit of both and a little bit of neither. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm intrigued. Keep going. I have learned a big difference between toward and away from motivation and between um, something that feels like a push and something that feels like a pull. Uh I... You know, to be an agent at 25, I was incredibly driven. I was driven since I was eight years old because that's when I started to be teased and bullied and I felt less than and I felt broken and I felt separate and I felt like I needed to prove something. So to compensate for massive insecurity, I became the straight-A student, which turned into the, you know, graduating from college early, which turned into moving out to Hollywood, you know, because if you've got something to prove, Hollywood's a great place to go. Sure. And I... That drive created a lot of results on the external line, the goal line. However, not a lot of fulfillment on the internal line, the the soul line. And I'm I'm mindful of when do I feel motivated? When do I feel like a push? When do I feel like a should? Versus when do I feel truly inspired? Hmm. And I've really made an agreement with myself that unless – I feel inspired, it's a no. Unless I feel really pulled towards something, my my why is really strong, it feels like, yeah, it's gonna be a lot and there's gonna be some growth, but it doesn't feel heavy. It doesn't feel like a push and it doesn't feel like I need to like pep talk, motivate myself into it. Whenever I've done that, how like I can get it done, but I end up depleted, the results really aren't that great. And when I do get to the goal line, I'm like, oh God, I'm glad that's over versus oh wow like this has been an amazing process so that's where i watch myself cuz i've got that like type a driven results yeah. let's get things done piece of me and that's been a really big part of of coaching myself and going okay like hold back Is this your ego wanting to do something, trying to keep up with everybody? Because, oh my gosh, like you get on the internet for two minutes and you see what everybody's doing and you feel like you're behind. Sure, sure. So it's just really owning where we are and, and really listening to what feels inspired versus what feels driven.
1: So that's what I, was, I wanted to ask is it sounds like, I mean, it, it's an intuitive thing, right? This isn't, it's not a black and white strategy. Like, you know, you know it when A, B, and C line up. It's, I mean, is it feeling or uh, explain that? Like how, I, if someone's I, listening and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. But how do I decipher between a push and a pull? And I know you just kind of touched on it with how your, you know, your thought process around it, but I'd love to, is it intuitive? Is it, is there a, is there a process for it? How do you, how do you assess that?
2: I think it's both because we are both right. We're we're both we're both yeah we're logical and intuitive. We're spiritual and practical. And by spiritual, I don't mean religious. You know that for some people that is, but it's really just about like you know we're all connected to something bigger than ourselves. And there's a universal force that is good to pay attention to because it's really helpful. Yeah. So that's part of it, like listening to your intuition and then really asking yourself, like, what's my motivation? Am I trying to get away from feeling like I'm not doing enough? Like I need to make more money? Like I need to keep up? Up or am I moving toward I want to be creative I want to help more people I want to feel more abundant whatever it may be so it's it's really asking yourself those questions and then practically speaking looking at you know kind of what what's around me what are the signs are are the right people showing up um, often I'll take a few steps towards something and if I if it doesn't go anywhere if I'm not getting a lot of yeses if if emails are being lost or there's miscommunication or it's just not, it's not flowing, then I'll be like, okay, it may not be time yet. And that that was true for me with the course. Like there are times in the past where I've took a few steps and it it just, the feedback was, no, this is a no. So that's kind of a practical steps we, we can take is, is take a few steps toward it. And look at how you feel. Look at who shows up. Are you more inspired? Do you feel excited? Or is it starting to feel really stressful and burden, burdensome? And if it is, then maybe pause and it may not be time yet. Or maybe there's something else that needs to happen first.
1: I like that. And, and I think one other piece to, uh, that, that I'd, I, would, I would add to that for people is, is to also pay attention to if there is stress, if, there is, if it feels forced, is that fear. Because I think that often, right, like the, we we can it can be fear that's causing us to hesitate, and I think that we have to be you know be aware of like it's because it, you can be inspired but also have fear, and you you act yes. on the inspiration not on the fear, and I think people have to under, be really clear on that. Like if it's fear, identify that and do it anyway, right? Like you do the thing you're afraid of, the fear starts to go away or minimize or disappear, or it just is by your side as you keep moving forward and you don't let it stop you. Yes,
2: um, I love that. I love that you brought this up. I was just having a conversation with somebody today about the difference yeah. between being ready and being willing. I mm, there's okay. been so many times I have not felt ready, sure. right? Because that that fear voice. Am I? Is it enough? Do I know? You know, just that kind of inner critic that we all have on some level. That as we as we grow, we learn to turn the volume of that down. But it still it still can be there if I wait for fear to be totally gone, I'd never do anything. So it's really that distinction between, all right, I may never feel quote unquote ready. Like I don't know anybody who when they, when they have a child, they're like, oh yeah, I feel totally ready to parent. <laughs> I know everything there is to know, but they're willing. And so can we be willing to, to take a step to put ourselves out there even if we don't feel quote unquote ready?
1: Yeah, great, great distinctions. Um, so, so I want to dive into your, uh, you know, expertise, if you will. Right. The uh, but the, the the new book, Expectation Hangover: Overcoming Disappointment in Work, Love, and in Life, and the guidebook on, on how to treat disappointment on the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual levels. Um, I will let you lead this and run with this, you know, and and, uh, and I'll interject and interrupt if if I think it adds value. But uh, but yeah, I just I, I want am I, I'm, I'm so intrigued by this topic.
2: Oh, well, so am I because what I found in my own life and working with so many people at this point is that people's greatest suffering happens when their reality does not match their expectations. So an expectation hangover, it's a term I made up because I had so many of them. Uh It's when one of three things happen. Either things don't go according to plan or things do go according to plan, but you don't feel like you thought you would, like after I got my big promotion, or life just throws you an unexpected curveball. Um, you get sick, uh, someone dumps you, you get laid off, a business flops, whatever. I mean, it could be a parking ticket. It's just those those undesirable curveballs in life. And the symptoms are similar to a hangover in that our head hurts, not necessarily a headache, but spinning from all the thinking and obsessing and fear about uncertainty and regret and all the things we do in our mind. Um there's there's a sense of lack of motivation, a feeling of stuckness, just like, ugh. But the amazing thing about expectation hangovers is they offer this tremendous doorway for healing. Now, Every, I'm sure many people listening, including you, Hal, have heard You know, there's a blessing in everything, there's a reason for everything, and that's all fine and good. But when you're in the midst of a major expectation hangover or even a, even a minor one and someone says to you, oh, there's a reason for this or time heals, you kind of want to punch them in the face because sure. it's like, well, I don't know what the reason is and I don't really want to wait for time because right now this sucks. And so I was committed to how do we not wait for time to heal? How do we heal it now? And really, how do we get to the reason? Because it is true. Every expectation hangover is never just about like that certain thing. It tends to be triggering past issues, unresolved hurts, limiting beliefs, patterns that have been kind of perpetuating and we've been playing out in our life for many, many, many years. Mm. So for example, um, I wrote this book right after I got a divorce, which was a total surprise I got dumped by someone in my 20s, six months before I was supposed to marry him. And then in my early 30s, I found myself getting a divorce because we were just headed in different directions. And even though I was the one who initiated it, it still felt like a big old failure. And someone said to me, milk this for all it's worth. And I said, well, what do you mean? I'm not, we're not going to court. I'm not going after alimony. What do you mean milk it? And he said, This isn't just about the divorce. This is about every time in your life you have felt a loss, you have felt grief, you have felt not enough, you have felt like you were a failure, you have felt totally scared because you don't know what's going to happen and you're faced with uncertainty. It's about all of that. So milk it for all it's worth so you don't have to go through this again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds really hard, but (laughs) worth it. (laughs) Yeah. And so that really began the investigation of both with working with clients and myself, how can I not just get through it But how can I dive in and leverage it and really heal? And so the book takes you through, first of all, like what an expectation hangover is, how it triggers all our very human ego-based things, like our fear of loss of control and our fear of like feeling like we're being punished, and it, we come right up against all of that and getting outside of our comfort zone and all of that. And then it really illuminates the normal ways we tend to cope with those things, like over drinking, overeating, overworking, which is a very accepted one in today's world. Yeah, uh, being it's a badge a character- of honor.
0: Yes, badge of honor.
2: Busyness is badge of honor. Sure. Um, Taking care of someone else, moving on to the next best thing, being strong, you know, but just like keeping it down. And even the spiritual bypass, you know, even like I'm just going to like meditate and do yoga and not feel. Yeah. So – that's kind of like just the context and then I take people through and give you very very specific workable tools and meditation for how to feel your feelings and release them rather than recycle them how to actually change your thoughts so you change your brain chemistry how to shift your behavior because only three to five percent of our behavior is conscious anyway so how do you get to that unconscious level and and shift how you're reacting responding and then finally on the spiritual level how do you live spirituality in the forms of forgiveness and compassion and really approaching life from the perspective of of what am I learning versus why is this happening to me?
1: All right, I'm taking notes. so uh, let's uh, let me see. How are we on time? We got some time. We got a few minutes. Um, let's uh, let's dive into a few specific strategies, if if you would, on some of the things. So on feeling your feelings and releasing them, or reprogramming your thoughts, or living spirituality, like in any of the the, the four uh, topics that you just mentioned, uh, would are great. So what okay. yeah, what are some specifics that you think are people can apply right away to any area of their life that either they're experiencing disappointment or. Maybe the fear of disappointment is, 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 is holding them hostage.
2: Okay. I'll go through a couple. Um, okay. There's one that I'm thinking on the emotional level, mental level, and behavioral level that I think are really good for for your crew that's listening right now. Okay. So remind me that I said that if I forget. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in it with you. It's just my mind. So, okay. Emotional. Um, quick distinction between releasing and recycling feelings. Okay. The main reason we recycle feelings is because when we have a feeling – we are judging it at the same time. Yes. So let's say you have a cry, you have a feeling. There's a part of you that's going, "Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. I've got to make this stop. I've got to get this under control. This feels awful. I don't like this. This is weak. I have an ugly face when I cry. Like whatever it may be, <laughs> and and the the feeling just loops because the re, the way feelings get released and emotion is energy in motion. Okay and I think emotions are different from feelings. Feelings can be physiological responses to thought. If I'm thinking about something in the future, I'm going to feel anxiety. If I'm thinking what if followed by a negative statement, I'm going to feel worry or fear. But sometimes we have real raw emotion. If someone you love just broke your heart or dies, you're going to feel grief. Mm. That emotion of sadness, that is a very – human emotion to feel. Mm-hmm. If someone hurts your child, you're going to feel anger. Yeah. So it's it's like honoring that we're human and yes, we have this amazing mind that gets a lot of attention in the personal transformation field and we have this human body. So dealing with the emotions and releasing them it's about getting them out without the judgment without the commentary without the thought mm-hmm. so a great tool is something called release writing where you get blank paper this is not journaling this is not something you reread this is not something you save and you sit down and you let yourself feel you let the emotion come out and you write not type you hand write because that triggers the right side emotional side of your brain mm-hmm. Write, right 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 and you You keep writing, you you swear words, you get it all out, you say the mean nasty things, and you write until you feel the energy shift hmm. and then when you're done, you rip it up or burn it, and you just you just get rid of it and this is an amazing thing to do for obsessive thinking. This is an amazing thing to do if you can't sleep, but it's sort of like that kind of emotional energy that's just a way to get it out so that's that's one tool on the emotional level I love that on um On the mental level, so it's it's – I'm all about mindfulness. Like I love the work that you do, Hal, just in terms of like that morning practice and setting our mind right, right in the beginning of our day. And I've experienced that sometimes my mind is like a galloping horse and it just like goes where it wants to go. And what I've had to realize is that I'm the rider on the horse and that I have reins. So I can stop my mind from going a certain direction by saying kind of, whoa, and I can <laughs> redirect it, right? And yeah. so if you notice your mind galloping off in a way, like for example, let's say that you, you're one of your goals, a goal that you're working on is launching a business or launching a website. We'll start with that. And you notice your mind going, what if there's... A technical glitch. What if no one comes to it? What if it's not profitable? What if I spent all this money and I don't make a dime back? So that's the mind galloping off into fear. Fear is fear and worry is created by what if followed by something negative. So it's going, whoa, and then redirecting the mind and following those what if statements with something positive or at least neutral, you know? what if this is actually a step I need to take? What if this is a wonderful, pleasant experience? What if people love the site? What if doing this brings in an opportunity I didn't even know about? And it's that practice of choosing to direct the mind in a way that takes you where you wanna go and really, really visualizing it and seeing it. And a lot of people say to me, well, I can't visualize. I'm not a good visualizer. And I say, well, can you worry? And they say, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, there you go. You're visualizing. Congratulations. You're just visualizing crap. You're just visualizing what you don't want. you don't want, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, can you take your mind and do those what-if statements and at least get to something? If you can't go positive, if that feels like too much of a pendulum swing, then at least go to something neutral that brings you a place of calm. And then finally, on the behavioral level, I want to talk quickly about something in the book called The Avoidance Trap. And this is also something I've seen as years of as a coach. People will talk about what they want, but they will spend way more time and mental energy avoiding what they don't want. And that's the avoidance trap. So Hmm. my particular avoidance trap is rejection. I had a lot of unrequited crushes. I had a lot of feeling like I didn't fit in. So rejection was a big button for me. And so I would do what I could to avoid being rejected, which means I wouldn't put myself out there as much. I wouldn't take as many risks. I wouldn't ask for things from people because I didn't want to get rejected. And there were things I'd say I wanted, but I wouldn't go for them because I'd fall into my own avoidance trap. So consider like, what do you avoid? Is it being out of control? Is it rejection? Is it upsetting someone else? Is it failure? What's that trap you keep falling in? And can you... Let your values lead you instead. Can you become more committed to your why versus falling into this avoidance trap? So let's say um, you want to start speaking and you want to put yourself out there, but your avoidance trap is is fear, like you're just scared of it. Well, can you become more committed to that value of contribution? In a lot of ways, can you stop making it about you and more about what the impact will be when you step into your why I
1: love that and I one of my mentors when I was probably 20 he said get off self and get on purpose mm. and you know and it's the idea is like all of your fears and your insecurities and your laziness and your you know whatever is holding you back that's all self yeah. Right. And he's like, when you identify a purpose that, that adds value for other people or that, you know, that, or that helps you to actual self-actualize your full potential. Um, yeah, I mean, and to, yeah, to this day, like that, that has just stuck with me whenever I I'm dealing with fear. I'm like, uh, my, my mantra is it's not about me. What am I doing? i right. am right. sitting here for, you know, procrastinating for the last What am I doing? I'm not serving anybody, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So. And I think that's, that's one of the things. And, you know, I, I, coach people on my podcast and the most common thing that comes up is that feeling of not being good enough Mm -hmm. um and it's just so human to feel like not good enough in some way shape or form and it manifests differently for all of us and it's really i think what's um preventing so many of us from stepping into our full potential
0: yeah
2: because there's there's no perfection. And it's really staying in our lane and knowing our zone of genius. And you're right, not making it about us, but really asking the question like, what is the highest and best use of me? How does the universe want to express through me in this unique way? And in a lot of ways, how can I get out of the way enough to just allow things to to flow through me and to me? And, you know, I have to say, like, a lot of people ask me, what are your goals? What's your five-year plan? And and I judge myself for this answer for years, but I, I got over it eventually. I don't have one.
1: <laughs> like, me <I> <laughs> either. We have so Yay! much in common. I love t- hanging out with you, Christine.
2: I love it. I mean, I don't. Every year I pick one thing. Yeah. Last, last year it. was starting the podcast. The year before it was the book. This year it's the online course. And and I allow the rest to kind of fill in the gaps. And you know what? That's enough. Yeah. and it 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 makes space like i really realized that being driven and being focused and being attached to my plan and having an expectation hangover when it doesn't go according to my plan the universe was just kind of going, okay, Christine, we've got like something really cool over here waiting yeah. for you. But like, you're so committed to your plan that, you, okay, like we'll yeah. be here.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. And the universe is like, you, you have no way of knowing what we have in store for you. Like, how are you planning five years out? You don't know what we're going to do for you this year and introduce you to who we're going to introduce you to. That's going to totally shift the direction of your life. Right. Where, exactly. and I mean, that's it. It's like, you can't. I can't, I I don't know how I can, I mean, like, right, like, like the work that you're doing now that you weren't doing two years ago or three years, it's like, well, I didn't even know I was going to want to do this. How could I have planned? You know?
2: Exactly. Exactly. I think it's good to have, you know, that's the other thing. A lot of People are like, well, okay, so if I want to avoid an expectation hangover, does that mean I shouldn't have goals? No, it's just changing your relationship to your goals. So it's really about pursuing your goals with high intention and involvement, but low attachment. Yes. The only reason we uh. get an expectation hangover is because we make our feelings, our emotions, our okayness, our enoughness dependent on the result. But if if you don't make it dependent on the result and you enjoy the process and you know you gave it your all without depleting yourself, then you don't have to be disappointed. You can just ask, what did I learn? Yeah. and what's next
1: yeah no, that, no, i love that and, and also the you know if you and by the way if you have a five-year plan cool like i don't yeah, think cool. i don't think there's a wrong or right way to do it right but it's just like if you have a five-year plan don't feel bad that's great keep stick with it you know and be open to it changing um read christine's book expectation hangover so that you can handle it when it changes right and you can you can actually make that a really positive thing if it doesn't sh- turn out the way you had written it out to be but if you don't have a five-year plan um that's okay too you know yep. as, as long as you are working towards some form of predetermined worthwhile goal and you're moving forward every day right you're moving in a positive direction more often than not I think that you know that that's what it's about and, and not knowing what's around the corner or what next year is going to look like but um but uh, yeah yeah Christine I, I, I love it. like I said I, I enjoy talking with you um too cool well what is the you know what's the best way so you mentioned the podcast What what is the what's your the name of your podcast
2: oh my gosh I love doing my podcast so much uh, it's called over it and on with it and every week i coach somebody live on the air
1: ooh i love that yeah format. and then
2: every weekend i have a coach's corner where i bring on a thought leader and talk to them so i'm going to be hitting you up for that Hal.
0: all
1: right you got it yes publicly i've, I've i'm yes i would love to be honored <laughs> to be a, one on your show um all right cool so the the podcast it's get say it again get get over, on get over it get over just,
2: it just no getting just over it and on with it
1: over it and on with it is the podcast yep. if you enjoyed christine Uh, on the show today. Go check that out. And uh, the book is Expectation Hangover, Overcoming Disappointment in Work, Love, and Life. And again, it is the guidebook for how to treat disappointment on the emotional mental behavioral and spiritual levels and uh I- anything else to share or if somebody wants to get in touch with you for coaching or uh to work with you or interview you on their show what what is the best oh, way to get you. in touch with you christine
2: appreciate that yeah. so christine hassler is my website that's you can find me there connect with me there and then i'm on instagram as christine hassler and t- my name's too long for twitter so it's christine without the e and then, <laughs> and then hassler <laughs>
1: nice i love it awesome well, thank you so much for your time and heart and energy uh, and, and wisdom today. I really appreciate you.
2: Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Yeah, it's been fun. Oh. Well, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, you know I love and appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in uh, to another episode. And uh, yeah, keep, keep, keep achieving some, your goals. Keep making it happen. And uh, I will talk to you next week, everybody. Take care.
0: And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. You can find links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, as well as all the past podcast episodes, over at hellera.com/podcast. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by going to hellera.com/itunes, clicking the little subscribe button, and then if you would, please leave a rating and review because rating and reviews truly are the best way for more people to find out about the podcast and decide if this is the one for them. Well, all right. Until next week, it's time for you to go out there, take action, and achieve your goals.